Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Going pretty well, Shay. I got rained on my walk I was on today, the phone with you. But you it felt like you weren't going to yep. make it there for a little bit. <laughs> it was touch and go, but I got back. Uh, didn't get the steps in that I normally do. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was all good. Oh, I love to hear it. Yeah, we got a, we got good stuff going on, and uh, we got a fun episode. And today is the big one: three year anniversary of the third party podcast. So we're celebrating a little bit. We're probably gonna say our thanks, give you guys kind of a little bit of an update on you know what Henry and I have been up to over the course of these three years, and what the podcast has done and will continue to do. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit after uh, some news. We still want to cover some of that stuff in Apex as well to keep all the people that don't care about Henry and Shay still interested in listening to the podcast. <laughs> but before we dive into that, if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you'd like, drop us a follow on Twitter at KirkRudoShay and at HB Burrison been tweeting a good amount a little bit over there uh, i think our follower counts are slowly starting to creep up a little bit henry it's it's looking nice <laughs> maybe at least the i've been really impressed by the reach of just the third party pod yeah uh twitter account recently just had really good poll engagements nice posts people have been really awesome over there so all the work's paying off <laughs> for twitter it's coming to be for sure if you want to support the show financially, we would massively appreciate it. Uh, our Patreon has a ton of awesome benefits behind the scenes, ad-free listening, some of the, the most popular of those benefits uh, for the, you super fans out there. So if you want access to that, you want to support the show, and you want to join our now monthly third-party invitational tournaments, please check it out link in the description we also gotta give another little shout out to the third party lobbies discord server that went live last week we got over a hundred members in there already and this is kind of our second discord that's serving as the go-to place for people to come together to run their own private lobby tournaments um we have two tournaments scheduled right now by community members one for march 4th and one for march 10th so get in there sign up and get rolling. People are really having a good time talking about like, hey, you can set the tournament for duos and we could run a solo match with 30 single individual players. And so there might be some solo tournaments rocking in there. Henry and I are going to try to play in as much of those as possible. Uh, yeah. And then when TDM and all those other modes officially enter you know, the public to be able to do private lobbies, I think it's going to be really easy to get some games going with the community. So it's going to be a ton of fun. And great support over there so far yeah i'm blown away exceeded expectations in kind of the first week of launching that discord server i think that the future is bright so definitely join mm -hmm. and i'm excited i mean the opportunities with that like tool for people to just be able to host their own tournaments is not only awesome for people that want to play more competitive but it's really going to help inform us on could we do more tournaments? Could mm -hmm. we do a league? Could we do bigger prize pools? How much support do we have for this private lobby demand? And it also could open the door for us to do more streaming, yeah. honestly, as well. So, you know, don't 
Don't let your creativity <laughs> go to waste. Anything could happen. Yeah, definitely. With that, though, let's dive into the news. Okay, first piece of news. Let's talk pick rate, Henry. We're a week into the new season. You know, obviously things aren't finalized, but we kind of have an early glimpse into what people are gravitating towards. Walk me through some of the highlights that you're seeing so far, and uh, yeah, let's discuss. For sure. I think, firstly, we don't have a new legend. Yeah. You know, that's really what kind of drives a lot of the early season pick rate is okay, everybody's trying out this new legend. What people abandon their main to try the new legend or a counter to that legend, it's normally focused around that, regardless of buffs and nerfs, typically. Um, but with the new perk system, reclassification, and all the balancing, the pick rate and legend popularity got shook up quite a bit in the first week. Most notably, Wraith is back at number one. It's been a long time, honestly, since she's really been solidified as the most popular. Octane has been up there for a long time. Pathfinder is also increased in popularity, up 12%. Wraith is up 13%. Um, Bangalore, massively popular. Um, up 19%, currently sitting at top five in public pick rate. Um, this is one of the predictions that we made, mm-hmm. just being an Assault Legend. This is Bangalore's time. Um, such an amazing legend, especially after getting a lot of good press in the last ALGS. Um, Everything's looking I, bang. <laughs> it really is. Um, it's weird because I didn't really expect that happening, but at the same time, you and I both believed that she was a really strong legend, and going into this season, she would be even stronger. Um, Mirage, currently up 26% in popularity um, compared to last Ooh. season. <laughs> um, wild. Do you think that will last because of the, the skirmisher and the, the two buffs? Ah, oh, man. It's always hard to predict if any of these are going to last, you know, any of this movement we see early in the season. I really want the Mirage thing to last with all my heart. I think the optimistic thing I will point to for Mirage was a lot happened this season with a lot of legends. And while we thought the Mirage one was cool, it's not the highlight of the list in terms of just the number of buffs, the number of changes, being in Skirmisher class still. So I have some optimism from that standpoint that this increase could last a little bit longer for sure. I think odds are with a lot of these, they're going to go back down. I just think his might actually may not go back down as far as uh, some of the others potentially. That's my optimistic point of view, but I could be blinded by my love for Mirage. That's always a a factor, but (laughs) I think the Mirage, powerful. You know, a lot of times I think Mirage is OP because of just how good the bamboozle is and how frequently you can do it. And now that you're getting more intelligence or recon from bamboozling, that's quite nice. Um, but I definitely don't think being a skirmisher and being able to do a cloak revive is uh, going to make a huge difference long-term. Can, I, so, can we'll I play him in ranked now with you? Is that allowed yet? Are we at that level? <laughs> 
I don't know if I can <laughs> green light that for you, man. Not on the pod. Not on the pod. Not where I can hold you to it. That's for sure. Maybe <laughs> under the table, unofficially, we could tr- do a trial run. Okay. Uh, okay. What else are we looking at though outside of Mirage? Obviously. Next one is huge. Um, crypto doubled mm-hmm. their their popularity, um, up 110 percent uh, since last season, and. This is something I'm really excited about. The reason why this is such an insane number is A, they were very, very small before. Mm-hmm. Um, but B, they are free legend, you know, free unlock uh, if you log in during the anniversary. And I think that such a perfect pick for somebody like that um, because a very niche play style. Interesting, like for somebody who's never played crypto, you know, a drone based mm-hmm. EMP legend sounds really interesting, but it isn't as it's a little daunting because it's so cryptic. Did drum roll. I don't know if I could, uh, if you could hear it through the mic. That was great. Excellent. But I'm excited about this. I personally haven't felt an increase in crypto play. Like you said, look at um, where we were before. A doubling of nothing, it's still not even close to where you're going to really be noticing it. Yeah, so I don't think this is like shifting the meta, but I think it's a really positive thing and I hope that more people put in the time to master crypto because when you do, there is a lot of value there uh, with this kit. Yeah. Definitely. He's a, he's a ton of fun. I love crypto. I have the heirloom. I enjoy him a ton. I think the only downside is he's just not a very favorable solo legend. And that's, I think, always going to hold back at being a very pubs-friendly, new player-friendly legend. And even though we like his kit, he's so hard to recommend ever as an unlock of crypto versus somebody else just because of the nature of what it takes to play him effectively. So I would love to see more crypto. My ideal situation for crypto is, you know, like a couple years ago, gosh, that's actually true when I say a couple years ago, Henry, a couple years ago in the ALGS when crypto kind of like had an ALGS meta because he was relevant and ranked in comp like that. That's what I always want for crypto. A little more popularity in pubs is fantastic, but as long as he's relevant in the highest levels of gameplay, that's what matters um, with any legend, but crypto for sure. Next, we have a legend who I think is overhyped, but <laughs> is Lifeline. She came into this season pretty high pick rate, very yeah. popular legend. Um, fan favorite. I believe she's a fan favorite. Yeah. She's an OG, free unlock, you know, all good stuff. But being a support legend and having her buffs, she's currently up 11%. Uh, that's impactful. You know, it's right up there with the change that Wraith and Pathfinder received. Um, so impressive. And I do have to say, Lifeline is in a really strong state. She is fun to play and easier to play as well. And that's my one, that's my gripe with Lifeline. I, well, I have two gripes. The one being, (laughs) you know, being a medic means you're selecting a legend, assuming that things will go bad. I would just rather have abilities that keep things good. But so that's my one gripe. But the second gripe is she's hard to play. And yeah. I think making the passive easier to do, no hesitation on the res, and bringing the care package down lightning fast just gives so much more utility from her kit. So I'm really happy with the state of Lifeline's kit. Yeah, I think she's definitely got a nice little, a nice little bump that was deserved. But 
Yeah, I'm like you, where I still look at her as like overhyped, just in terms of where she sits in the support legend. Like, it's you and I always struggle with Lifeline being so much more popular than the Newcastle and Gibraltar, just because we love those two legends so much. And it's a night and day difference between those legends in terms of pick grade yeah. and popularity. When I don't know if the kits fully, uh, fully justify that one, at least uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. Next four are going to rattle off these individuals, and then maybe we can talk about sure. uh, what we think. Bloodhound down 5%, Horizon down 36%, Seer down 52%, and Valk down 14% in popularity. I think you look at those and you have to say, respawn, mission accomplished from what they wanted to do. Um, Horizon and Seer, both legends, they wanted to hit semi-hard, I would say. Both down pretty drastically. Bloodhound not as down as much as I think a lot of people thought they would be, kind of like we predicted, you know, on the patch notes episode. And when I think when you look back at it and you see how much attention they put into the passive, I don't think they wanted to hit Bloodhound as hard as a seer either. So seeing Bloodhound only down that much is I think good. And Valk being down a bit, but not end of the world. I also think that's in in the realm of mission accomplished where they wanted someone else to they, they want more variety and those top end mobility legends and now it's a bit more balanced in terms of what you're looking at there so i know you and i aren't like the biggest you know valk haters and you know, that's a fine meta for sure and she still is very high and very playable but i think those four in particular group together if i'm in respawn's mind i think they would look at it as a success so far but what do you think no, I agree. I, I think that was the target. Mission accomplished. Bloodhound only being down 5% might be lackluster mm-hmm. compared to maybe what some people were expecting. But the reality is Bloodhound has been in the top four <laughs> Since for the what? last 10 seasons. Yeah, season three, like four. for years. And so to have a main ingrained for that long, down 5% is pretty drastic. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. And on previous episodes, the whole White Raven thing mm-hmm. is not necessarily a, a full-blown nerf. And one of the things that we might need to retract a little bit is the three-second scan to a one-second scan, yeah. not a crippling of the ability. No. You still get a lot of value out of Bloodhound. I was really enjoying playing them. Um, so... Not as drastic as the Seer <laughs> nerfs, I think, is a conclusion. Well, what are your thoughts overall, like when we look at it from a higher level? Yeah, overall, it's it's wild. I think there's so much more uh, turbulence than I would have thought. Um, a couple other things, you know, you mentioned Gibraltar and Newcastle, not as popular as Lifeline. They are all down yeah. um, being support legends, which is sad to see. Loba is talked about a whole lot. But Lifeline is more popular and increased more yeah. than Loba has. Um, so Loba still slept on if you, if you don't want to miss out mm-hmm. on her. Um, and then every single Assault Legend is increased, but every single Controller Legend is down this season. Yeah. And my prediction is, well, first off, I'll say the Assault perk is really good. It's really fun yeah. for all those Legends. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. But I predict... The Assault Legends will, as a group, decrease as we get deeper into the split of Ranked. 
Okay. And as people play more defensively, these controller legends will increase to higher than they ever have before um, because they're perfectly balanced to their play style. If you want to play positioning, wow, you now can. And I was shocked that they didn't have a bump at the beginning, but I'm confident that they will as we get deeper into ring. I hope you're right. I, I want that to be the case. My only hesitation on it is I, I'm, I still think kills might be too valuable in the current rank system to make that Maybe. full pivot uh, to them being more valuable when like push comes to shove, essentially, is I think the argument you're making. So I hope so. That's my only counter argument that I would have out there for that actually happening. Um, but I'm really excited to monitor because I, I enjoyed the you know defensive controller meta per se uh, i think it's a it's enjoyable and very interesting and consistent um i guess last thing on pick rate just really high level you know octane lost the throne in second i think if you look at right now if you look at kind of the master and pred rankings which it's still early so there's a little bit to not as ton to put into it yet but early takeaways Pathfinder at 21.3% pick rate in Master Pred. So over that 20% mark, and Octane drops down to the sixth most popular legend right now uh, and is decreasing still. So those are kind of the two highlights from those Masters and Preds, I think, early. Anything to say on that or any reasoning correlation besides you know Pathfinder just going a little crazy right now? Pathfinder is replacing Horizon, yeah. you know, at the top. And that is amazing. Pathfinder is just such a more enjoyable, fair legend who is still really fun to play, but is so much better to play against. You know, mm-hmm. like playing against Horizon last season, not fun. Not fun at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Well, let's keep it rolling. Next piece of news. We got some info that was not in the patch notes that is affecting the game. Uh, we got one a change to the Wraith Heirloom name. It is now called Hope's Dusk, along with a bunch of new Wraith Heirloom animations and such. So any favorites, any takeaways? What do you think of them like redoing an heirloom, essentially, to an extent? It's interesting. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is going to be color changes yeah. for you know, this Wraith Heirloom, and maybe that would set a precedent. But I think giving Wraith Heirloom a name makes sense because looking back, it's the only one that didn't really have a unique name. Mm-hmm. It was just descriptive, Kunai. Um, I guess my reaction is more of a question, why didn't we, or will did we, or will will we will, get will we? updates to Bloodhound's Heirloom? Like, aren't they kind of considered to be similar in their degree of animations or inspects? I don't know. I'm honestly not so deep in the, in the heirloom world to be able to say that with much certainty. I, I think at the end of the day, people complain about wraiths and I don't think anyone complains and it's a popular about bloodhounds. One. Yeah. And it's a popular yeah. one. Um, it is cool though. They set the precedent that there could be changes to heirlooms. And I, I honestly, for me, what I look at is I look at Paths Heirloom, and that's the one where I would be interested in them doing some adjusting, I think. Uh, I think it's just, you compare it to all the other ones, on our tier list, it was lower for a reason. So uh, one of my favorite legends, I'd be optimistic to see something maybe go down there. 
they changed the Sentinel and gold armor bug. It has technically been, quote, fixed in terms of what Henry would say. I would say they incorrectly, unjustly made the change, but you now can't they just, they, they nerfed it. You can't charge the Sentinel for free when you have gold armor, which was just the best thing in the world. So a little rip, but uh, a fun one I think we'll remember for a long time. <laughs> that change to the amount of cells was that at the beginning of last season or at the spoil? Oh, gosh. Uh, off the top of my head, I think it was uh, the split, but I don't feel incredibly confident about that. That kind of sounds right to me, too, but it felt like a really long time, so I'm I'm torn. But regardless, never addressed yeah. when it happened, and then the fix never addressed. I thought we might have gotten away with mm-hmm. that one. I don't know, but uh, good that the Sentinel not getting another unnecessary buff say. <sighs> yeah sorry we also got some color changes as well some color changes to the ring and the bloodhound scan walk me through what your uh, thoughts are on these do you think this is a good and we've also been saying like bangalore smoke also looks tinted a yep. little bit green now uh so definitely some interesting stuff potentially going on yeah i can only really assume it's just color correcting for more accessibility. I'm not really sure what I'm seeing. It's just more yellowy, less orangey red Mm -hmm. uh, for the ring and the Bloodhound scan. Um, I can't say this fixes heat shields, you know, in any way. I don't think it really impacts gameplay, but it's definitely something to to pick up on that wasn't mentioned before. Next piece of news, Apex is not dead. Apex is set in player count records again with reaching a new all-time high at over 624,000. What is there to say about this outside of the fact that awesome to still see a peak and high player accounts and continued high player accounts even without the new legend and major map changes coming this season? It's honestly amazing. I mean, you have to take a moment just to think, wow, four years in, records. In terms of just how many players um, are on Steam alone, yeah, like we don't even really know what's going on on the consoles. So it's probably more. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to see this, but I will also say we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> this was so confidently predicted by us that we knew this was going to be an all-time record. We were going to see amazing things. The big question is. Will retention be there this season? And I'm holding my breath. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you can predict it with the content that was released at the beginning. So that's what's going to make a big impact on this entire year is how this season will retain players. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And, you know, if it does, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the future for sure. Yeah, And then we got, last piece of news, some TDM updates and news. So all things Team Deathmatch, uh, they switched, essentially, with a really hot patch the day after the season came out. They switched the matches to one round, changed it to a kill count requirement of 50, so first to 50 kills and one round wins. Then they also made some quality of life updates, so they now end matches when one team completely leaves, and then they added in-match abandonment penalties. Uh, similar to control. Henry, a quick patch, man, out of freaking the blue. It was great to see this addressed so quickly, I think. Yeah, so lightning fast blows my mm-hmm. mind. Um, I really 
felt like when we played a little bit early that the rounds was awkward in a TDM. Yeah. But it was long know, too. Once it, it felt it really was long, and it just the pacing was a little bit off, and it was irregular for a TDM. But it kind of just goes to show that this mode has been in the works for so long. But once it goes live, you just get millions of players yeah. in there, and the truth becomes clear. Yeah. So I think that that makes sense. But still, the speed at which this change was made was break neck. Yeah. Like, I don't know how easy or hard it was, but in terms of like uh, live ops, probably one of the most impressive things I've seen. Yeah. Like, it isn't even that impactful, <laughs> but just the pace of it was crazy to recognize a problem and put out a fix within 24 hours. Crazy. It, it was very unable. Like on Apex, on Respawn though, like they put out the fix and said like, hey, the UI might not even be accurate or update this first yeah. little bit while we, but they just said, this is what we need to do. This is what the community is saying in quick right fashion. Now. Right now, this has to change. And I think that's yeah. really cool to see. And then kind of the last piece of news on TDM, at Twitch Rivals, TDM was played uh, for Apex. What do you think about TDM kind of breaking into the mainstream? I don't, let's not go out and say this is unprecedented because Arenas was played, you know, when Arenas came out as well. So this is definitely hype for the new game mode, keep the ball rolling. But I will say, I think the response, people seem to be having a lot more fun on TDM in Twitch Rivals than Arenas back in the day. And the community kind of seemed to be asking for more. So I didn't get to personally watch it myself. We'll probably try and go watch some highlights back. Um, but yeah, any thoughts? I think that TDM is so accessible. You had people that hadn't touched Apex in years, don't main Apex as a game, that performed really well in this format, that had a lot of fun. Apex's mechanics are unrivaled mm -hmm. in in any other shooter. The movement, the abilities, the gunplay is all so great. And when you put it into a really digestible format like TDM, it's going to flourish. So I think that it's a really good sign for the mode. I also believe, though, that, yeah, the new playlist mixtape is good. It's a casual playlist. Love Gun Run, love TDM, love Control. but. If we want to invest in these modes, I feel that we need badges, we need stats, we need yeah. progression, we need more infrastructure in place to support TDM than just tournaments, yeah. uh, frankly. I'm, I'm hoping for stats at the split, because I think when we looked back at it, Arenas did not launch with stats, and it came soon thereafter. So I'm optimistic we'll get some mixtape stats uh, here soon. Because we still see arena stats, which I don't think it's going to replace those. But I think we're going to have kind of those historical arena numbers to always look at. So yeah, I, I'm optimistic we'll get that. I'm with you. It's a necessity for the health of the game and the health of the playlist. But that's going to wrap up the news. Uh, before we get into kind of the third party anniversary celebration at portion of the pod, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back, Henry. Three years we have been recording, sitting down, doing this podcast from in the same bedroom to with just horrible mics to the top of the line gear in the same bedroom to fully remote to 
one person in a closet on vacation trying to keep the cadence going to recording five episodes in a day so we can make sure things keep coming weekly. It's been three years. And I'll just start us off by saying thank you to everybody that's listened along the way. But what do you have to say, man, about three years of the third party? It's wild. And it's just been such a joy. Um, I think it, it would be nice to maybe talk a little bit about the origins uh, for the people listening now. Oh, gosh. And then, <laughs> yeah, which is a real throwback. But I think it would also be cool to dive into what has the podcast done for us outside of just the amazing community, yeah. the fun of it, you know, the seeing the followers increase, like what outside of the show has been made possible well, because it's staggering. Yeah, it is crazy. I'll let you yeah, rattle us off with the origin story. It's it's a fun one, I think, but it's also yeah. I'd say semi semi simple and I think we've gotten to tell it a handful of times at this point. Yeah, we don't need to do a, a you know long version, but the short version is Shay was a podcast guy and we were playing a lot of Apex. This is mid-pandemic. Too much Apex was happening. Well, this was even before pandemic. Oh my like, god, you're right. I'm saying all the way back. This oh, is you're early 2020. Okay. Okay. Shutdown is not in effect. Shay's a podcast guy. We're playing Gobs of Apex. We're talking about Apex every single day. We're living, living together. together. Yep. We're day one players. And Shay and I, we both have this belief that it would be nice to create content around something. And it was really Shay's idea to say, listen, there aren't that many Apex Legends podcasts out there. We already talk about Apex all day. We should go for it. Don't take it too serious. <laughs> But I think we could become the best Apex podcast well, out there. Let's throw a little bit more background on this because the don't take it too serious, I feel like, is it, to, a little bit more about Henry and I personally. Uh, <laughs> both both been of the entrepreneurial mind. And I think, you know, of the two of us, Henry's a bit more of the, hey, let's get stuff done. Let's get serious. Let's get things rocking and rolling. And make money. Make money. That's the key for Henry. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wasn't an expert in podcasts, but I mean, as a creator, I loved listening to them to Henry's point, but I didn't think we were going to be making the pod to, you know, make a ton of money and shout out to the patrons that have been able to, you know, support us to keep doing the show. But I was kind of worried Henry wasn't going to want to do the show or do the idea because there wasn't going to be a clear pathway to money. But Henry bought in, even with that caveat of not taking it too seriously. It was Henry's then taking it seriously a couple months in that I think propelled us to continue to grow rapidly at the next stage. So that's definitely a key part of it. But it was definitely a fun start where we were just kind of, we ordered the mics off Amazon. We created a show doc, printed out the show doc. And we printed the show doc for the first couple of months each week. We did not care about the trees, unfortunately, uh, looking back at it. And yeah, it was that was the start of all of it. And then, yeah, so then the shutdown kind of happened. And we were both just like, okay, we're remote in school. We have a ton of time. We're walking to the park, talking about Apex every day while we shoot hoops. Time to just talk into a mic about it. And uh, now we're here. And gosh darn, 
the appreciation. Like I don't, we can't get enough of it across through the mics. I feel like it's, it really does mean a lot. This kind of consistency and fun thing to do each and every week to keep us really invested, not only just in Apex, but like Henry and I as friends, like we get to talk to each other every week, you know, behind the scenes gets to see a big chunk of our kind of catch up each and every week. Um, if we are busy and not kind of talking throughout the week, but yeah, being able to talk about this pod and stay in touch and, you know, doing all this has just been, it's been amazing on a business level, a friendship level, literally everything. Um, and that kind of, you know, we can segue that if you want to into, you know, how the podcast has kind of transformed our lives, honestly. Yeah, I, you reminded me just about one fact. We printed out the show doc for a reason. And it was because our college laptops had such loud oh, fans. Oh gosh, you're right. <laughs> that we needed to in order to not have them get picked up on the mics. Because um, we had the so bad like, mics back then too. Yeah. yeah. And just loud fans and we were locked in a hot room and it was burning in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's some really fun stories about the origin. But I think it's also interesting that we started a podcast in 2020, but we did not start a podcast because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like we actually started right before the pandemic. We recorded, we pre-recorded, I think, two or three episodes. Yeah. And then I got on a plane to New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And, when we, and when I came back, the whole world was shut down. Yeah. And so it was like, we had this plan and we were committed to doing the podcast for six months, mm-hmm. no matter what. But then it kind of just, ha- I don't know. I think a lot of people make the assumption that, oh, a lot of people start podcasts and you know Henry mm-hmm. and Shay did too. But the reality was that wasn't even on our mind. Yeah. Like we were like, we're doing an Apex podcast. But I, um, I think if anything, like, I mean, pandemic, not a good thing in any way, shape or form. What the pandemic did for the pod though was, I think it allowed us to really dive into it and like yeah. just be able to full commit to kind of having this fun activity to do. And so like, while, it, while we didn't make the pod because of the pandemic, I think the pandemic really helped us kind of keep the ball rolling and keep working on and give us something to do because I was working for Definitely. the Blazers at the time and the NBA shut down. So I didn't have any work anymore at that time. So you were both really just in school, no longer commuting the class. And we were just like, what do we do with all this time outside of just playing Apex? Yeah, very true. But talking outside of the origin of the show, essentially, I can start it off sure. just say kind of what it did for me. So it made me really get passionate about the creator economy influencer marketing, social media from a business standpoint, and launched my career. Mm -hmm. So I, because of the podcast, was not only interested, but also qualified for an entry-level role in an influencer marketing agency. And I did that for two years. Amazing. Um, Had so much responsibility, opportunity, growth. Uh, Worked with great brands like Amazon and Manscaped and NordVPN and managed a big team. That wouldn't have been possible without the show at all. Um, I guess maybe you can talk about your jobs and then we can talk about our joint venture. Yeah, the joint venture as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't even want to say like a similar route. Like it's crazy because we look back at it and we were towards the beginning of the pandemic frustrated and honestly freaking out. Henry and I are in school. 
Um, forgive me if I get your major wrong, but supply chain management, I think, is what you were studying. Something along yeah, that. And I was, yeah. in, I was a marketing major. And we were like, we aren't getting internships. We're not building any experience. And so we didn't build the pod with the idea of like this kind of becoming the catalyst for what we wanted to do and stuff. But that is really what it turned into. Like Henry said, he got his first job and launched because of the pod. I met my mentor because of the podcast and was able to start a podcast, you know, essentially produce a podcast for them, meeting people in the gaming industry. And I really wanted to go into community management for a while there and ended up instead taking a job in PR to get some experience in the gaming industry. And then that snowballed into me kind of fully making that leap over into influencer marketing as well, just because you know I've been listening to Henry do it for about a year, a year and a half at that point. Um, it was always interesting to talk about. I was a marketing major, so I was already, that was you know, my original first passion. And I was able to essentially get that first job because of the podcast and who I met. And then I got poached by a client to officially fully jump into the marketing and they were hyped about the pod as well. That was a big chunk of my interview and what we talked about. And uh, I ended up leaving that company about a month ago now officially to make a jump to a new job, still in influencer marketing. Um, but in the same vein, in large part because of the podcast and having the mentor who was able to kind of push me to continue to stay on this path. And I start that job, well, recording on Tuesday. I start that job today, though, for the people that are listening. So like all of our origins, all of our experience, we credit to the podcast, which is just crazy to kind of look back on. And we're fortunate for that because we know so many people that pandemic shut down and just weren't able to get the experience that was needed to land entry-level jobs that now require two years of experience, essentially two to four years of experience to be able to get your first opportunity. So our per- our personal lives, awesome. Love the pod, love the community, and our professional lives. We seriously credit to the podcast as well. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's not a whole lot of negatives. Yeah. You know, it's all positive with the podcast. And I just think it's wild that everything ties back to the podcast. Yeah. And at the time, we did not think that it was going to be that impactful, yeah. honestly. Like, we thought we might be working at game studios. Yeah. We didn't know, really, honestly. Um, I think about a year ago, so 2021, mm-hmm. November, we started third-party productions, um, which helped brands and other creators start their own podcasts, social media, uh, management services as well. That really took off in its first year. Um, We're excited about the second Mm -hmm. year uh, and what we can continue to do there. But that was such an incredible opportunity to take our skill set in podcasting Mm -hmm. and monetize it in a way that wasn't just entirely based off our audience, you mm-hmm. know, like selling merch is one thing, having a Patreon is one thing, but if we're able to help brands, that's more scalable because yeah. we can then teach people our skills and scale. And that I would say is going amazing and is 100% linked to the podcast. Hence um, the name. <laughs> yeah. Third party, you know, it's all, all tied together. Um, The thing that I just quit my job for and am going all in on 
is, and this is the first time I've talked about it publicly. On the pod or so anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty special podcast <laughs> moment. But I'm building an app for content creators called Creator OS. And that is so inspired by the early, early days of the podcast where we were grinding on social media, mm-hmm. posting three times a day on Instagram. And I was tracking with spreadsheets and charts the growth of our listenership and our followers and our engagement rate and all that stuff. I am now, three years later, trying to build a really cool app that does some of those things for other creators. So that's another thing mm-hmm. where it's like, if we didn't do the podcast, I would not be trying to build my own startup in this space. So if you're interested in learning more about that, <laughs> I think best thing to do is maybe follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. In about a week, we're going to start promoting that more publicly. But it's an exciting thing, the podcast. It's opened every door, I would say. It's opened every door. And I don't want to, I do not want to forget amidst all of this that it is still because you guys are listening to it. And so it's beyond appreciation. You know, we felt like we've worked really hard and it's opened a lot of doors. But the only reason we've been able to keep doing this is because we aren't talking to 50 people every day and we're talking to thousands of people every time we record and so continuing to listen your guys' support it truly does mean the world <laughs> just like yeah the, the professional life thing is amazing but the community side of it is just still my favorite thing that we could have ever imagined i mean the fact that i remember people have made cookies with our face on it before mm-hmm. it blows my mind so yeah three years of the pod I am beyond thankful for all of you listening. It really does mean the world. And, you know, it's because of that that we've continued to keep doing our best and we're going to continue to keep doing the podcast uh, for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, uh, massive thanks. That's really all I can say. It means a ton to everybody here. And four years of Apex. Yeah. You know, like I just think that's wild yeah. still that we've really honestly enjoyed Apex for this entire time. Yeah. Like it hasn't really been a chore to do the podcast or anything. We've just like been hooked yeah. for this long. And I I bet you that a good chunk of our audience thinks we're weird. Probably for yeah. how maybe they like the numbers and the in-depth conversation. But if you think about we've been playing this game every single week for four years, that's a bit <laughs> odd. I don't know if a lot of people do that. So yeah. It's pretty sweet. Happy three years, though. Like that, it's truly, it, it's amazing. So, appreciate all of you keeping the lights on on Patreon, keeping ourselves invested. If you and if you've never supported the show, that's okay too. Just you listening, downloading, subscribing is as much support as we could ever ask for. So, you guys are the best. Seriously, like an incredible community. We're like eighteen hundred strong, I think, in Discord at this point, which is crazy over a hundred in the you know lobbies discord right now just off early people coming in so yeah really appreciate it a ton any other final words that's a wrap that's a wrap thank you so much for everybody to listening for the to the third party podcast thank you to 10 who supports over on patreon our biggest producer over there and hit the plus on apple drop us a follow on spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in.
whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.